Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Adventures in Movies, where we talk about the Indian genre films you've never heard of, the ones you can't hear enough about, and the ones you never want to hear about again. My name is Nathaniel Mir, and I'm the movie editor at AIPT. Joining me on these ongoing adventures is the host who never goes into a taxi on a rainy night. <laughs> no, not unless I'm covered in blood and it's a vampire taxi. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> you know, I was uh, going back over that episode because um, I was going over that portion of the episode and you can find it on YouTube. And I was thinking, you asked a very good question about how on IMDb, it says that um, Dr. Lamb is about a serial killer who only kills during the rain. And I was thinking yeah. about it and I was like, you know, I never, ever got that impression. Like, yeah, a lot right. of stuff happened in the rain, but I didn't connect the two. I was just like, oh, it just happens to be raining when he kills people. Yeah, no, I didn't make any connection. That movie, in retrospect, and go back and listen and watch, The Humdinger. That was one of the more interesting movies we've watched this year, for sure. It was so strange. It was such a strange flick. Yeah, in a good way, because we're, we're going to talk about two very strange flicks yeah, later. On right, right. Um, yeah, yeah, Dr. Lamb, it, very much so. Um, Dr. Lamb is a very interesting watch, um, and it does teach you, do not go into taxi cabs on a rainy night. Don't. And, do yeah, don't do it. And definitely don't go into vampire cabs if you're covered in blood. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Absolute <laughs> worst possible decision that you could make. Don't even know why you would consider it. Oh, the blood cabs here. Oh, we're going <laughs> to... It's about time. They always run so late. Uh, <laughs> they can never be positive. It's a blood drive. I think we're both scrambling here. <laughs> so, um, okay, we'll get this back on track. Yeah, yeah. let's go. Uh, Halloween's coming up. There's all kinds of promotional. Like Halloween. Uh, one mm. of the more impressive ones, uh, one that I always find fun. Shutter has the 61 days of Halloween. Oh, yeah, that's right. Starts yeah, so early. technically Halloween really isn't around the corner. It's a couple months away. Okay. But yeah, yeah, Shutter says that's exactly what Shutter says. We can start yeah. celebrating right now. Uh, they have all kinds of movies coming out, and we'll probably talk about that over the next coming weeks. They have a couple of interesting uh, shows coming up, too. The first one comes up on uh, September the 7th. It is the 101 scariest moments in horror movie history. Mouthful of a title, but eight episodes. Right. It's from yeah. the guys who did uh, Eli Roth's History of Horror. So I'm a good. sucker for, yeah, it was. I'm a sucker for a good countdown too. So mm-hmm. I'm very much looking forward to this. Oh, me too. This is like exactly why I would watch VH1 for all those hours back in the days. They had all those great countdown shows and hell yeah. They Do you remember, was it the Fear Channel or whatever? They would always do this, yeah. I think, similar thing um yeah i'm a total sucker for it you know exactly what you're gonna see and the whole point is to get mad at their rankings and curse at the what they pick as the top moment and in uh, scary cinema history i can't wait i can't wait i'm I'm totally into it i watched the uh the trailer here and um yeah seems like you know all your favorites plus some some stuff i thought was from rather new movies so that was kind of exciting yeah, they have some newer stuff in there too. And you know with and you you got it so right. It's all about making people mad. So yeah. 101, the very first one is going to be something that's super like jaws or something. Oh, <laughs> you you got to yeah. you got to piss people off immediately. Yeah, yeah it's it's definitely going to be jaws or um oh, I mean they'll probably do the here's Johnny thing will be and it's like that's not oh, even a scary sure. part of the movie really. Like it's 
That's no, ex- like exhilarating uh, part of the movie. Yeah, like to me, like and the shining has some really cool shots and really spooky shots. Like, I mean, the blood coming out of the out of the elevator when your kid is pretty crazy. Yeah. But the part that sticks with me is when they're he's chasing them in the snow. Yeah. And it's kind of he's kind of walking towards the camera and he's holding his axe and just mm-hmm. marching forward. Like that's some pretty scary shit. Yeah. Scariest shit in the what, what, weird bear suit dog blowjob thing. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, still the creepiest thing in that movie to me. Yeah, easily. No. Um, I'm gonna put you on the spot. What is your number one scariest moment in horror movie history? Ooh, you jerk. Why didn't, I think people, you, why didn't I think you would ask me that? Um, it sucks when people because like when you're just like thinking or by yourself, you're like, Yeah, that's yeah, but when someone t- asks you, you're like, Oh well, fuck you. Yeah, you know, <laughs> uh yeah, fuck you. Uh <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I think just as I think the the thing still just is super unnerving to me. There, there's oh, multiple yeah. scenes in the thing. I think yes. the scene when they're all chained together when they're testing the blood is one of the most scary and intense scenes in cinema history. Yeah. Um, I, I would say uh, the the scene uh, recently with um, the dark and the wicked with with the guy getting home to see his family that's like an incredibly spooky and eerie horrible crazy creepy scene and you know there's just a lot man what about you um well this wouldn't be okay so probably top three is uh the exorcist not the head spinning not the vomiting not even the weird backwards crawling thing but when there's just the quick shot of the it's like a half a second of the mask and i yeah, the, the flash of the face. Yeah, it's horrifying. Yeah, horrifying thing. Um, we recently, recently being like a year ago, and this isn't like a top even 50 scare probably, but Exorcist 3. Oh, the, the the nurse scene or the nun in the, is it a nun or a nurse in the hospital? It's a nun. And the nun in the hallway. Yeah. Probably the only jump scare in the movie. So effective. <laughs> Super effective. One of the greatest jump scares in cinema for sure. Um, yeah. Really, that, really frightening. That scene's really great. You know, there's, man, there's, like, you once you start, yeah, once your mind starts rolling, you're like, man, there's some, there's just some really great, great scenes. Jaws is terrifying. Jaws you know, is, like, and it'll probably be in the top five. And rightfully so. Yeah, totally. I We're going to get probably some fucking, the conjuring is going to be like top, be top 10 will be there. Uh, Insidious. Yeah, it is. Dude, it's a moment. It's got some moments. The ring. The ring. Well, yeah, actually, you know what? The ring's a really good one, I think. Um, I think the last scene in Hereditary is really. I'm so so glad you brought it up. I think, again, one of the more recent scenes that has stuck with me, and I just like, I almost have to look away when she's banging her head up on the the ceiling to the attic. Like, and that, that that whole 10 minutes is just like, ugh really well done really really well done yeah the um talking about jump scares and this won't be on the list and it doesn't deserve to be but um i think one of the best jump scares of all time is in uh mulholland drive when oh, they're by the, the old di- man yeah he jumps out from like behind a dumpster <laughs> yeah the, yeah isn't he called like dumpster dumpster hobo or <laughs> something like that but man that i mean i've seen that movie so many times that's still that catches me off guard every time. It's funny how there's just certain images, right? Like, and we'll actually we'll get into that later on in this uh, podcast. Um, like you said, that the that flashing image just from The Exorcist, and um, I I remember like being really creeped out by The Omen as a child for more yes. like a, like there was certain like the the swinging body just really kind of like was like whoa that like really stuck with me. 
I mean, one of the reasons that I think we enjoy like horror is because of those moments that we, the ones that like when you see it in the theater and you go, wow, that's really going to stick with me for a long time. That that's yeah. why we like horror, man. That's uh, and like, yeah, hereditary midsummer. There's some great stuff. Yeah. Like that's that it's one of those moments when you turn to the person next to you and you're like, Whoa, that was badass. Yeah. But, right. but it's kind of, it's because it was badass, but it's also kind of to like relieve yourself. To, yeah. yeah, you have to tell someone. I always um, laugh awkwardly at like yeah. horrific stuff. I just laugh because that's like my that's my coping mechanism is to just laugh about it. No, I'm, I'm the same way, the exact same way. Like you shake and then you kind of make sure no one saw you. You laugh. Yeah. Like uh, I love folk horror, so uh, the original Wicker Man has such a cool vibe, and then the end is like perfect, yeah. <laughs> like, like oh, really well done. Right. Um, Phantasm two. I saw Phantasm two before Phantasm, and I don't know what it was, but those orbs scary freaked shit. me out like scary. more so than the tall man yeah oh the tall man and the, i mean what a weird what a weird but super scary series of movies and, and that that era in particular that like because man when did the first phantasm come out was that like 1979 i was gonna say late 70s probably i think it was late 70s that that like transition from 70s into 80s seems to be like some of the more gritty and visceral image kind of sticks in your mind. I mean, Ch- Chainsaw Massacre and stuff. Yeah. I mean, there's there's such that was such a gritty like era, man. Yeah, those why are those murder balls so scary? <laughs> and uh, last week Ariel was on here and she was talking about um, um, Doctor Lamb talking about how it was brutal and mean, and that's kind of what those movies were like in the seventies and eighties. Uh, like they were brutal and mean, but there was also this almost fun quality to them it's kind of a weird thing but yeah. not fun like that this is great like you were like you couldn't turn away from them you were whereas dr lamb you're kind of like almost revolted by it yeah like right it's all part of that like oh, am i watching it i'm watching something i shouldn't be watching that's like part of this like voyeurism about like horror movies or, or just shock movies like that i guess you know and it that those man, dr lamb <laughs> nipple vision we'll forever be talking about dr lamb um Another horror movie from the 80s, uh, part of a very, very long franchise, uh, Hellraiser. It's coming out in October on Hulu for Halloween. <laughs> it's about, so they released a teaser today. It's very, very short. It's literally just the title scrolling across. But um, Hellraiser, if I remember correctly, you're not the biggest fan of? Of the movie? No, yeah. not really. The, like, I know. I, <laughs> I think it's kind of boring. I think it's like a really they draw that that story out and they make it kind of boring. Not that it's not cool. The the yeah. damnation. It's a cool story. It is cool. Um, I like Hellraiser two a whole lot. That was like the honestly. I think that's the movie that I watched a bunch as a kid. So like that's the one that stuck with me because it had all the fucking Cenobites and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Honestly, I I think that's what we want now. Like give us Cenobites doing Cenobite stuff. So like I hope that's what this is. And you know, have you? Man, have you have you watched some of these? I don't know how or why Hellraiser as a property slipped down the slope that it went, but man, what a series of horrible sequels! Like incredibly bad. I was gonna ask you about this. So um, I think it's like, so Pinhead is iconic. Uh, iconic I think it's yeah. safe to say the franchise not so much. Like no. the movies, I'd say are a very very there there are a few tiers below like the. Nightmare on Elm Street and the Friday the 13th and Halloween yeah. and all that. Um, you know, I've seen, is it the third one that's Hell on Earth? 
probably yeah yeah i i seen up to that one i think it's in a like a high-rise apartment or something. yeah okay i do yeah i think yeah I, I, but yeah. no i haven't i think i think there was one that just came out like four or like, five years ago or something yeah like maybe even less you know with a like a i think the internet hated the pinhead so much that like no one ever watched it <laughs> yeah you after know. uh doug bradley stopped like because he's yeah. super popular well doug he he made that role you know i like i i i think that the the his voice you know i think doug bradley's got an incredibly awesome speaking voice and uh the way he spoke those lines is really what made pinhead and hellraiser cool and yeah. memorable and like why you'd want like you know like going to those like heavy metal shops and there's like why yeah why would i have a fucking poster of pinhead on my wall but like he exactly. sure looks he sure looks cool yeah i know sure so you have I don't a know. pinhead hope poster with a hellraiser painted out <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah exactly and so well what i hope they do is is they breathe some new life into the hellraiser franchise and like let's get creepy let's get weird i mean it is creepy and weird and yeah. hyper hypersexual and yeah. and you know let's yeah let's get weird i'm always about getting weird yeah i mean the we talked about prey and mm-hmm. i don't think there was very many people who were like yeah this is going to be awesome like i thought it was going to be awful like just the worst but I mean, they have a good track record with uh, yeah. with genre stuff. This like I wasn't the biggest fan of Fresh. I don't know if you saw that one with Sebastian Stan. I did not see that. That one is uh, that one. I, I wasn't a big fan of. I thought it was okay, but a lot of people loved it. So I mean, they're doing pretty good with genres. Uh, Hulu. Do we is, know uh, who's uh, directing or what's going on? Or yes, uh, on? David Bruckner's directing it. The guy who did the Night House. Okay. So, okay. Uh, Night yeah. House is good. Yeah, Nighthouse got got a good director. Um, yeah. New Pinhead. So this wow. this will be interesting because um, you know how it is nowadays. Like it, it, female Pinhead, so that's what people are going to be upset about. And it's like you've probably never even seen the first Hellraiser because no one really yeah, gives a shit about Hellraiser. Who gives a shit? <laughs> and also the bald like chick Cinnabite was awesome with yeah, she leather was... boobs, all no skin. It was great. Yeah, she was one of the more well known ones. Yeah, there was the CD <laughs> guy. The fat guy with a the fat guy, yeah. TV belly, and then her. That's and Pinhead, about. that's all. Yeah. <laughs> Those were, I thought that was all of them. Yeah, that might be it all. That might be all of them. <laughs> the, um, I, I, yeah, I agree with you. They, they should, I mean, they should just go far out with it. I mean, why not? The franchise from, like, I haven't nice. seen since, yeah, I haven't seen since past probably the third one, and that was in the yeah. 90s, so you ain't gonna ruin my memories like, no. yeah and for the newer generation they won't even know the difference anyway no. so yeah balls to the wall with it yeah <laughs> pin razor man let's have some pin razor let's do it our first movie this week is honeycomb the movie is about a group of friends or five girls who uh it's summer and they're about to get ready to begin their adult lives but before doing that one of them stumbles across a cabin kind of out in the woods. Not that kind of movie, however. Um, the girls decide that they're going to hang out there. It's going to be like their clubhouse. They're going to spend their last summer there. And uh, after that, they're going to move on there with their lives, apparently. So Honeycomb, it's been making the festival run all year. And it's getting really, really, really positive buzz. I think this is going to have trouble finding a mainstream audience, though. I would agree with you. Um, I found it difficult on some levels i this movie as as much as it tried to have a voice and it tried really hard it never really has one uh to speak of which is interesting 
Yeah, and I, and I wondered. So I guess spoiler alert: we're going to talk about this movie, but yeah. we won't really ruin anything about it because um, it's it's a coming of age story, and mm-hmm. it's it's different. But I, I think the um, so it's it has that DIY quality to it. It's purposely, I I think, and you might disagree with me. I think it's purposely amateurish. I don't want to say unprofessional because it's you know it is what it is, but I think it's meant to look like an amateur shoot. Yeah, yeah, I, 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 I see what you're saying. I, I think there was, I think there was some definite like attempts to like to to be like avant garde. I guess is like the word I would use. But I mean, it wasn't it wasn't really hard, and it, it and it didn't persist throughout the through the movie. So when those little things would happen, it it, it was it was noticeable as like a as a as a shift. But yeah, to to call it yeah, it was. It was raw. This was an extremely raw, raw movie. And uh, yeah, and purposefully so. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think there's, I think there's a, a, a sort of like, hey, this is like, we have like one camera, right? And we're going to do what we can with one camera. It, it leads this movie to set up certain scenes in a, in a kind of an interesting way. It doesn't, and, and I, I think it's important for us to let to say that the uh, the cast is they were um, the people that were cast were uh, Avalon Fast is the writer and director. They were people that she knew. This was shot up in Canada, and she also used a local band. So this is very much like uh, I, I guess on politics you would say like grassroots. This is very yeah. much like something you would do with some friends hanging out one day. Every pals, let's make an avant-garde film out in the in a cabin. <laughs> so the uh, you mentioned that like it doesn't have a voice, and I and I agree with you. Like it has a very clear story, very yeah. very clear, but it never quite loses. It never quite finds its voice. Um, it also doesn't really have a tone, which is kind of it's a yeah. weird thing because I mean things are happening and you understand, Definitely. but I I, I never really caught it. it it does get kind of creepy at times there's some weird things that happen but i was never like on edge during it no i i wasn't either and i mean i kind of felt like i was well i mean like you said it's, a, it's just kind of coming of age story and i i kind of like weird um coming of age stories where it's like well you have to grow up real fast because you know x happens or y happens and um, like, uh, I, like I would say, like the beach is a great example of like a really wacky, weird, um, drug fueled, you know, coming of age story where you're like shit gets real, right? I think this kind of had that heart and that soul in there. It, we spend all of our time kind of going around the mulberry bush about the same thing. Well, what are the girls doing out out in this cabin? They're finding themselves or they're you know the, the the guys are laughing and making jokes about what they're doing out there eating raw meat and yeah, animals right. raw and yeah. i mean there's like there's some there, there's some there's there's some try there but it, it never really conveys any any message and like you said tone wise i i was kind of trying to figure it out the whole time and i i don't think you even get the the final tone or whatever you'd call it to like the very 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 end of the movie and that's that's asking a lot of an audience member i think to to kind of have to make their way through it without and like some of the characters i think it would it would have been beneficial to to like have them be a little bit more mysterious a lot of a lot of the a lot of the stuff that was like happening they literally just like i would think like oh i wonder what their intention and then they they would like 
it would be like my intention is x and they would just say what they were you know so there was no there was no allure question or and it was all i think it was like you said it was all set up like this very purposefully so i don't think it was like a film quality flaw i think this right. is what they were doing i just don't think it as a viewer it's like it's kind of hard to watch that sounds that sounds really harsh it, it's it's kind of hard to understand where they're going i guess is what i'm kind of trying to say yeah yeah and and to your point I, to ask the viewer to wait till like you said the closing moments it's it's a big ask that being said it is a short movie so there's that to it, it is. but um we talked about this with uh when i consume you that uh, uh about the realistic feel that seems to be kind of like this movie and part of it might be budget but i think a lot of it is the way it was written is it's going for a very like grounded realistic so like they sound and talk and act like kids because they really are kids like it's yeah it's it's a very natural movie for all the weird edits and weird, you know, storytelling beats or whatever. It's a very natural feeling movie. I, I agree with you. Uh, and like, I, I think a lot of the interactions, you know, it was kind of, well, it kind of, honestly, like Pat, we're old guys. This kind of took me back <laughs> to being like a kid going like, yeah, we, we would sit around and kicked up against the wall sipping on cokes and dr peppers and talking shit about girls and junior high. and like this kind of had that same quality to it because like they weren't on their cell phones these aren't typical kids that are like uh, right. obsessed with being on their phone they're like into this like punk band and playing out in the woods and what that's all about you know so it's like <laughs> I, I i i like that I, and it made it made it like you said the, the characters are kind of relatable yeah they're like i man tell me you didn't know people like that growing up for yeah, sure. exactly like if so, you i'm sorry go ahead. no but that, but like so like that that's the thing that holds it together but you know like the kind of directionless other than that it, it is uh, like you because it does ask a few things like you yeah. do have to put aside performance you mm -hmm. absolutely have to put that out of your mind you almost have to look at it like a documentary it's almost like like kids was like going for that thing it's it's like um have you ever seen the virgin suicides yeah it's like that movie, but not as polished. I, that's what I was thinking. Yeah. Well, and what was that movie that we watched last year where the kids were all hanging out behind the club trying to get in? Oh, that's uh, right. The, uh, uh, it was set in the 80s. Yes. Um, Gosh, yeah, I know I which one you're talking the about. the name of that movie. That was an awesome movie, and it was trying yeah. to do a lot of the same things. We'll, we'll put it in the show notes. <laughs> like, I kind of get where I get the spirit of the, of the flick. I really do. And like you said, this is like some talented kids making a movie basically is kind of what i what i get from this and yeah is it polished absolutely not but i would i can almost guarantee you this is like everybody's first film credit this is everybody's first time behind the camera in front of the camera you know maybe playing guitar <laughs> i don't know <laughs> so here's the one bad thing i will say like uh so the acting i'm cool with like you yeah. know that like I, i'm down with like the stilted delivery it's really what he delivered <laughs> sure. but i i don't i have no problems with that sure. um that band sucked ass. No excuse. They sucked. Yeah, sorry, Emmett. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing personal. Like, but at your age, you have time to learn. So it's cool. Um, yeah, keep trucking. <laughs> you're talking about first movies and things like that. So here's my weird comparison. Like, this movie reminded me a lot of Clerks. Oh, and okay. not in style or tone or anything. <laughs> like, because Clerks is very obviously a comedy. And, yeah. And, it's making the it, it's a very funny movie and it's a little, much more polished but like 
it also has the cuts with like you know you're in you're in the store and then you're outside with right. saint jay and sly and bob and then you're in the video <laughs> store and then all of a sudden there's a cat you know taking a shit in the, in the litter box type of thing like yeah uh, and it has that natural feel and like dante like um the acting's not very good. <laughs> it's no. kind of a weird delivery. So in that way, this reminded me of, of Clerks. Like that there, you know, there's random scenes. There's I mean, there's kids literally standing against a wall just talking, like Jay and Silent Bob. Yeah. Yeah. No, and I even thought at one point in time, the, the during one of the stilted delivery kind of things that you were saying was like, damn, that was a lot. That was a hell of a monologue <laughs> that you required her to do. You know, <laughs> like, like that was tough, dude. Like, man, that's some, that would take some acting chops to pull that off, like expertly without any flaws. So no, man, th- this movie went for it. That's the one thing I'll, I'll give it credit for. It, you know, like, like you said, it, it's like this is it's kind of this raw attempt, but you can kind of see where there's, you can see where the filmmaker was going on a on a certain level and you know there's some merit to be to be given for that i think yeah and and i thought there was this really cool thing that they do in the movie where uh, after the girls have uh they've found the cabin and they've kind of convinced each other to say they've settled in um there's um a storytelling device kind of where they're speak they're they're, they're, they're they have a video diary so they're speaking right. into a camera so yeah. that's an excellent way to say like Hey, this is why the camera is kind of shaky. This is why it's not framed very well. Very clever, man. Yeah, yeah I thought it was. I I, I really appreciate that. I As that a matter really of fact, cool. it took me off guard at first, and then once they kind of explained it, I was like, "Aha! Okay, well, that was. I like that. I appreciate that. Yeah, no, I thought it was. I thought it was interesting. And then, like, kind of just the, uh, kind of the wardrobe. I kind of noticed too. It was like they they did a good job, kind of like, kind of. That's where your themes and kind of mood and, and tones were kind of coming from bizarrely enough which i'm that's not that's to me that's very much a, a stage play tactic where it's yeah. like let's put everybody in the same color let's do that kind of stuff and it's not like they they said like hey let's all wear red no no that was just part of the motif of telling you and expressing stuff and so the, yeah the, there was there was some interesting stuff i i didn't think they got along like <laughs> like people that would be like totally down to go live in a cabin in a pile with each other it was interesting because um it, it's kind of like a modern day lord of the flies uh it, totally in lord of the flies it kind of builds to this in the in this movie it's kind of like how can it not turn to because they didn't really right. seem to like each other no like and like if okay you get your glasses broken dude we we've had that happen that sucks yeah happens. i don't know if if uh just retribution is me to gouge out your ipad <laughs> i'm not I'm not positive. That's it's exactly what I would want to do if you broke my glass. It's it's pretty. It's in Canada. <laughs> I was gonna say different countries, different yeah. cultures, and then when you're out in the cabin in the woods for a summer and you don't have an opportunity to get those glasses replaced, well, you might need to gouge an eye out. That's a very good uh, point. So, um, honeycomb. It's uh, doing the festival circuit right now. So, Blake, see or no see honeycomb? Oh boy, nah, no. I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't pay money to see this. And that's kind of where I come down on a lot of these decisions. And, you know, if, if you're on the theater circuit and you're out there, I mean, if it's on the theater circuit, that's because it's, it's hucking it out, out there and they're doing work uh, by all means. If you're part of this stuff, check it out. You know, I, I, I think, I, I think they, they did a good, I think they're going in the right direction. I just don't think it's something that, that like uh, you should pay for, you know, or unless you're, unless you're in that setting, I wouldn't I wouldn't watch it. 
Um, I, I think you should check this out. I, I think that there's a really good story here. Um, again, you have to you have to give it a lot of patience. You gotta not pay attention to the acting. The story's coherent, but there's not gonna there's no subtleties or nuance to it. It's pretty cut and dry, and it goes to weird places. And there's kind of times where you'd be like, I don't know what all that's about. It's it's almost like watching like a beta test of something. Yeah. But I found it very entertaining. So I think if you have the chance, definitely check out Honeycomb. Our next movie is the deadliest movie ever made. Antrim is a story about a boy and a girl who go into a forest and uh, they're basically going to dig a hole to hell so they can rescue the soul of a dog. That's what Antrim's about. Antrim, the deadliest movie ever made, is the documentary around that, which talks about this cursed film, how there is only one print, and all that good stuff. So um, the premise, really cool. I love the premise of this. Yeah. Yeah, I do love a cursed, um, like, cursed cinema fucking, uh, I think there was a cool, like, I think Mick Garris may have done it on uh, Masters of Horror or, yeah. or somebody. Um, yeah, I like that. I do enjoy the premise. I, I specifically do like satanic shit around this. There was a yeah. uh, there was a podcast I listened to a while back called The Black Tapes that kind of had like a cursed uh, quality to like uh, similar kind of action happening. And so yeah, I'm super into it. I um there I was something, no <laughs> there was something from the 80s and for the life of me I can't remember the name of it. But um let's just say like the movie was called like death trap but if you were to put it in your vcr and play it it would like be a killer talking to you saying like oh, oh. this is a death trap i recorded over it this is me killing <laughs> what type of thing <laughs> cool premise super cool yeah. um so this is a mockumentary and antrim is actually a movie that's supposedly cursed and anyone who's ever seen it has uh, a fortune has a misfortune has befell them right. um the filmmakers have discovered or they've been led to what seems to be the only existing print of this movie ever. There's some, what they think may be changes to the movie, but they're not entirely sure. They don't know what's real and what's not in this movie. So, and they show this cursed movie. Yes. Um, really cool. And I like that they say that there seems to have been some sort of uh, alterations to it, but they're not sure if they're alterations or right. not. So right. getting them off the hook exactly there's that and um as you're watching it too you're kind of like i wonder if that's supposed to be there and i wonder if, yeah. I mean, some stuff is obvious right but then there's some stuff that you're kind of like i wonder if that's part of the movie or not oh that this movie is just oh, just super just interlaced and laden with with little tidbits and weird real stuff and like uh, all of it is i think meant to confuse the and 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 cause you unease and yeah as far as that goes this movie is super effective <laughs> with yeah. some of that stuff yeah the uh so this came out just gosh, four years ago so yeah no, alert. 2018. yeah we're, we're gonna go into it but we won't get into it and then there's some pretty major plot yeah. twists in it like this movie if this had come out like um around blair witch pre-internet or as the internet is because I had never heard of this movie. No. Do you think this movie would have been one of those, like, oh, have you heard of Antrim? Do you think this uh, would have gotten that buzz? No. I don't think so. I'm, well, shit. 
man, you're talking about a whole different time. Yeah, that's yeah. I mean, maybe so. I think it could have had some cult cinema status. Is that going to have it now? No. Well, so that's, I think it's a fair point to add. Then what do you think prevents that from happening? Because even nowadays, you hear people talking about cursed films and, ooh, I saw the print, I saw the real ring. Like, you hear stuff yeah. like that. Like, because I agree with you. Um, I think there's a reason that we haven't heard of this movie. Like, well, I, I, I think in general, we're all like, I mean, it takes a lot for it to, to impress us as horror fans these days. And, and right. This, this, I mean, I, and this sounds awful, uh, what, but I don't mean it, I guess, in the way that it sounds, but this movie tries too hard to, 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 to do that, you know, like, um, like instead of like ending, like when you, when you're done watching the Antrim or whatever, uh, it literally pops up. It goes, you have now watched the film in its entirety. Like, it's yeah. like oh, yeah, no, I get, yeah, I get it. Like, <laughs> that's, that's what I'm here for, you know. Like, right. And, and so, yeah, there's there's a little aspect of it that's like, yeah, it's a little bit try hard. It's a it's a cool like we keep going back to. It's a really cool concept, and I, I think I like, I really liked some of the imagery and stuff that they were doing. Not with like the 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 kids. None of that really affected me too much. Um, it was all the other stuff, all the accoutrement that i enjoyed the um so this is folk horror <laughs> like antrim like the actual antrim movie is folk horror and i love the imagery and they do some yeah. really really cool stuff yep. um i agree with you about the kids like especially um the boy very 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 annoying yeah. very you know, I mean, they do yeah. explain there there's a point to it later they explain why he acts like he like he acts and it's kind of part of the curse or whatever but um like antrim as a, forgetting the wraparounds with the documentary and all that antrim as a movie it would be an all right well, i wouldn't watch it more than one time Mm-mm. but um, it'd be an all right watch mm-hmm. yeah i would definitely well yeah of course like it's always funny like a lot of times when we're doing these things i go back to a very specific time in my life when i was living in lubbock texas and i was going to a place called hastings books and it was so like hastings had like it was like a Part Barnes and Noble, part like Spencer's gifts, and <laughs> so they had dildos and <laughs> some dildos and like weird like books by just, Leon Metz. Yeah, <laughs> all the weird shit. Uh, and then like a killer used books to still have some of the books. But then they had a full like movie rental section full of like obscure shit and like cool. new stuff. It was awesome. Yeah. And so like I I always when I think about these movies I go like well if I because my, my ritual is like going on Thursday and rent movies for the weekend. And then I'll, I'm going to watch them throughout the weekend. And so I would go in and rent three movies at a time. And like, I would, it would be stuff like this. Like yeah. uh, that, that was the first time I watched uh, cannibal Ferox or Pharaoh or you like that was yeah. like, I, w- I would go through the, and like the Antrim would be a thing I would have picked up, read the label and read the cover and been like, yeah, I'm taking this home. Like the, the whole concept is 100% something I would be into this is just a this is such a just a wrapped up in a weird package it's it's almost um i don't want to know i don't do you think it takes a like do you think it takes away from the actual thing by the way they they did this yeah i was gonna ask you the same thing like and i know you were joking when you said you know get get themselves off let themselves off the hook but well right i'm thinking that they feel like the movie wasn't strong enough on its own yeah. Uh, I mean, maybe they thought it was a cool gimmick. Maybe they thought it could have gone viral or it would have at sure. least attracted it. Because even though nowadays we, we're not going to fall for a Blair Witch thing again, 
but we might be interested in seeing it, you know? Right. And maybe they felt that that would help, but you know, I, I, like, I would say, I agree with you. I agree with you that all that hurts the film because <laughs> right off the bat, it's an additional, like what, 20, 30 minutes. Yeah. Like yeah. it makes At it least. longer than it needs to be. To- to- totally. And that, Oh man, I, I think I don't know if it's just us as like cinema fans nowadays. We're just like our patience is very you know we don't have good patience for movies very very often anymore. And um, just as a as a I would say as like a sub as a genre culture, we don't have very much patience. And um, yeah, this movie tries that patience. You know, I think a lot one of the things we complain about a lot on this show for the past three years is man it felt long man that that could have been shorter man cut 15 minutes off of that man you know, like very rarely are we like man i could have gone for another 30 45 minutes of that you know like we yeah. never say that this yeah this was definitely a, a symptom of and suffered from the symptom of, of having just too much and like you said it was it was fluff too much fluff for for what we got and while that said some of the fluff was some of my favorite parts of it and it's a confounding movie yeah it's straight like you get so at first i was cool with the documentary part like in the yeah. beginning they're talking about the history of cinema and then they get into the history of antrum and then yeah. they talk about how they found this print so i actually thought that's what the whole movie was going to be and then it would be like kind of intercut with parts from antrum and then they say like okay now you're going to watch antrum i'm like okay this must be only like a 15 20 minute movie type thing and um they start the movie they I, I did think like you mentioned at the end they say you've watched the entirety of it i did think the little warning in the beginning was cool i like uh, the warning of the beginning yeah. yeah i was like oh that'd be cool and then like if you're watching it in a theater or something or at a friend's house or something like it'd be super cool to see that like it, it's, it's kind of a neat little thing within the movie starts and it goes on and it's not just 15 or 20 minutes it's, it's a no, movie it's a full movie it's a full movie and then it says the end and then there's more and then after that there's the documentary with credits <laughs> you have to watch the credits because there's scenes there and they're explaining stuff and it was just a little too much for me like i would have rather that they went one way or the other I yeah man it it, it this was it just tried way too hard to to accomplish its its goal and I always wonder and I think we can agree maybe I don't know like this is all like editing stuff like had, had you made a tighter and more interesting film with Antrim in the beginning like maybe you would you could have gotten away with just releasing that it, it seemed like honestly it seemed like three people edited and made this through this movie together it was like like some like one guy or gal got the first part and they passed it on to the next person and like, and like it was it didn't feel cohesive i guess is like at all and like on top of that just expecting me to keep watching and watching and watching i'm not gonna lie the, when i got the first the end i stopped it and then i was like and then i saw the thing and i was like oh shit there's like more movie here and so like you know i went on and i was like oh well okay you know like that's that's asking i don't know that's just that's too much too much too much too much it is and then it becomes a little bit confusing because it ends and then what happens after that is seems like it's a continuation of the movie like the actual like how it would have been shown but then there's credits and then the credits are talking about how oh there's this this and that to it so you're it's kind of like what is the like was that an end credit scene but 
do they have any credit scene in 1979? Like, <laughs> like right. It's, and then, you know, there's stuff with symbology and demons and summonings and all that. So you're kind of like, uh, like, does that, was that supposed to be seen or did they just happen to see it here? Which I don't know. I guess that was part of what they were trying to say in the beginning about what's been altered and what hasn't been altered. But sure. Yeah. To your point, like, it seems like, different people had their hands and everyone had a different idea or they had mm-hmm. a different like direction they wanted to take it in and much like honeycomb like the ideas and in this case i i, I mean it's even a, a better idea because you don't see that you don't see this very often mm-hmm. really cool idea like i mean and who doesn't like the story of a cursed film i mean only when cursed stuff yeah exactly Shown cigarette burns movie. that's the name of the one movie God, it's coming back to me slowly. But. There you go. Because yeah. this had cigarette burns throughout it. Yes, actually. it did. Yes, it did. <laughs> sure yes. did. Um, and then the thing with Antrim, Antrim the film, like like you said, there's some really cool imagery. Like I actually like the weird characters that they introduced in it. Um, there was some like stuff with demons that was really cool. And I love the creepy music in it. Yeah, no, I there was particular. Yeah, I really like that. And then there was, there was a, uh, they were like, I don't know if I'd call them like interludes or whatever they were, but there was one in particular of like, it's like a demonic face. It's great, kind of grayed out and it's like hard to see. And they yeah. do, it's really effective because like I had to like, I had to like squint and be like, is that thing fucking blinking? You know, and like when I, when I did kind of see like witness it blink, I was like, man, that's, that's really creepy as fuck. Like that's a, that's some really creepy imagery and like, and tied in like, I don't think there's really music playing for that. But there's like a deep just tone going on. So yeah, they, they did some really neat, interesting and effective stuff for sure. And the music and, and sound was definitely part of it. They do another cool thing. And then this is those things like this goes back to the whole like what was altered and what wasn't. But mm-hmm. there's a scene where um, the girl is talking to a boy, the boy and they're standing on like a hill and the sun setting. So the, the background is kind of like this bluish purple but there's like a silhouette of a devil against yeah. it. It's very, very, very thin, but it's, it's also very it's, visible yeah. and it's super, super, super cool. And it's kind of like, creepy. yeah. And it's like, is that what the filmmakers for Antrim wanted? Or is that what these mysterious people who gave them the film put in there? Like, I don't know. Yeah. And stuff like that's cool. Like it I just, I, I just wish they had, you know, kind of tightened things up a little bit and, um, it would have and it would have gotten to the whole like it would have made the whole like it's a cursed film thing a lot more fun yeah absolutely yeah <laughs> give me give me just like a touch more lore that i can like grab onto exactly exactly so antrim it's uh streaming right now um i saw it on i want to say i saw it on tubi i think i watched it on freebie yeah Hopefully. it's out there yeah it's that, out there it's out there and you can see it for free oh Antrim, the deadliest movie ever made, Blake, C or no C? First of all, the most deadly movie ever made is Hedwig and the Angry Itch, and I will hear nothing of the sort. Uh, I love the, that movie. I do too. <laughs> it's so good. Um, Antrim. Man, this is just like a tough week for me. Um, nah, <laughs> I, I, don't think you, I, I don't think you have to watch Antrim. I, 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 think there was some, I think there was some really interesting stuff. And you know, I say this every now and again. If like if you were like really into what we were saying, by all means, check it out. I think this is a tough watch overall, and I, I think it was a little bit confusing, too confusing for my taste. And again, it's like if I would I would I pay for this? Nah, I, I wouldn't. So I'm I'm gonna say pass on it. I really really wanted to like this movie. Love the opening. Love the premise. 
and then it just kept on going and yeah. going and going and going. So I would have to say to be freebie, wherever you find it, pass on it. <laughs> <laughs> Every weekend you can find us here. We're a part of the Morbidly Beautiful Podcasting Network, where we're just one of many, many horror theme podcasts. We also have a show on YouTube. Check it out. We have open review policy. If there's something you want us to see, want to talk about DIY filmmaking or cursed films, let us know. Yeah, give us a give us a reason for Patrick to say something horrible about me at the beginning of the show. It's always fun. Uh, <laughs> uh, you can follow us on Instagram, Adventures in Movies. You can find Nathaniel. We call him Patrick a lot um, on Instagram, uh, Adventures in Nathan. You can find Danny, who's our sometimes co-host here, sometimes doing great things out there, selling his art at default underscore player. You can find myself, Blake, at Four Eyed Horror on Twitter, if you ever care to talk to me. And next week. We do this every week, everybody. Evils of the night and burial. I'm just going to tell you what we're going to do. It's going to be great. So tune in for that, please. And you can find us on Apple Podcasts. You can go to Spotify. Go to YouTube now. We're there. Anywhere you can find the best podcasts in the world, you will find us. Or you can just go to Morbidly Beautiful. Wherever you listen to us, make sure to give us a rating or just tell a friend to listen. And that's our cue. We will talk to you next week. Adios, everybody.